My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty road, I feel so Good morning, Patriots. And it's Monday, February 5th in the year 2024. Unbelievable how fast things are moving. <laughs> I'm just sitting here going like, wow. All right, so we're already like one week into February nearly. It's incredible. All right, so before we get going, make sure that you're doing all you can right now to prepare yourself. Part of that is being aware that we have folks up here with these psychopaths that are literally would love nothing more than to keep us all paralyzed in our technology. Remember, their goal is own nothing, rent everything, eat bugs, and be happy. Part of those plans include the profile of making sure people don't have mobility. That is part of it. They're saying that people are going to be forced uh, 
to stay local. The only people that will be allowed to travel will be military and elites. This is a new world that they're creating. And of course, for those in the elite militaries, we know they think that's a good idea. So part of the only way you can get people there would be to destroy infrastructure to the point where you can't be mobile anymore. That would mean an EMP. So once you destroy the chips in these things, people literally aren't going to be able to get chip replacement and you can no longer be mobile. That's why you need EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com is the device that will help protect against an EMP. It deals with that oversurge. It's it's rated for an EMP level 1, 2, or 3. It also is rated for uh, lightning strikes and solar flares. So head on over to EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and there you'll be able to save $50 on each unit you you purchase and free shipping. Now, these things are designed for different elements in our life. So they have one for they have one for your vehicles, they have one for your home, they have one for your ATVs, your RVs, your solar base stations, your ham radio base stations. Really well engineered, American made, American run company, and American tested. So check it out. So head on over to EMPShield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Save $50 on each unit and free shipping. You will not be disappointed. The border is probably the biggest issue that we have facing this nation right now. And it's the one thing that we are being messed with by the Uniparty in more ways than not. The bill that was currently up in front of Congress, and this is how you, this is literally how you solve a problem of not taking responsibility for the biggest crisis in this country's history, which quite frankly, unless we get a handle on this, and there's only a couple, there's only two ways through this, really. We are literally not going to be a country anymore if we're not already past that point of no return. The deal that they had offered has now been turned down by the Senate, and apparently this new deal, they make a big deal in the headlines. It was going to allow 1.5 million illegals per year, and it lifts two, it adds 2.3 billion to the NGOs trafficking them, gives them, and gives 60 billion to Ukraine. Okay, so this is a great bill to design. It's it's masterfully crafted because what it allows the Republicans to do is say we won't have anything to do with this, and then the Democrats say this is what we must do. So they create the uniparty same thing, the Hegelian nonsense of getting people to hate each other, while the border crisis continues unabated. There's no change in the border policy. This is just Washington ping-ponging this thing back and forth and laughing their tail off as America sails into the pits of hell. It is important to understand and appreciate that the leadership that we have in this nation, I do not care who they are, are traitors. Not one of these people up there is part of the United States anymore. Every one of them is a traitor. And this includes every one of our general officer staff, which I've told you this before. We don't have any authority. The biggest thing that should be happening right now is the military should now be able to assess very clearly that this is now enemies domestic. There's no question about that. It's a violation of the Constitution. The generals have the authority now to look at this and say this is enemies domestic and to step in on behalf of the nation and say that's enough. We're sealing the borders and we're overriding Congress. Those authorities exist. But they won't do it because... Every one of our general officers has no spine, 
somewhere along the way got neutered and third way along the way after they got partly transitioned into a transgender fool or blackmailed because of their their sexual preferences and sexual desires they have all become part of the new world order this is the crisis of america now we'll get into that a little more in a minute but it's it's important to understand that the real issue is as we look at this head on and we go flesh to flesh we're losing that war okay we need to be clear about that and this gets us back to how do you fight a war like this? A lot of people are waiting for the war to arrive. And it's literally been heavy on my heart all weekend. And just it's kind of just driving me crazy in, in well, that's not the right term. It just it weighs heavy. Because there are so many people that either don't know the war is on or people keep talking about when the war comes. Or even worse, like looking over the horizon of like how we're gonna supposedly save this nation in the future. The war is now. It's right now. And I think a lot of the reactions we're having is Americans are not capable of processing reality before them. And part of that is fear. The three things I keep saying, denial and doubt, fear, and, and, um, and this idea of inner wounding, right? So if we get into these places where we're dealing with this in ourselves and we're not willing to take the strength to step in and say, okay, I'm gonna deal with me in a deliverance sense, get myself purified with him before the throne and be honest and not be arrogant or be have a chip on our shoulder or think that we're somehow above all of this or that it doesn't matter, we're not able to truly focus into the fight. Right now, we have a, a handful of people respectively. I include Bard's Nation in that, I include Resistance Nation in that, I include all the Doc Pete Chambers people. There are other groups around. I'm not being exclusive. But respectively to a nation, there are a handful of people. I don't know, what are we talking? Maybe 20 million, 30 million? I don't know. That are fighting to try to change this country. I get it. But there's a whole mass of other people that are out here just kind of wandering around like, okay, when the fight comes and they're not there or we don't believe it at all. What's going on down at our border is critical. People's lives are endangered. Human sex trafficking is at its peak. The beast is being fed. And that's part of it is that the power structure that is here in place is set up in a demonic format so that it needs the flesh and it needs the sacrifice of kids in the many forms that takes. Children are the prize. And this border is flowing with them. And they're, and they're doing everything they can to deflect from that, to try to keep it open while keeping Americans pitted at our throats at each other. It's a real sickness. It really is. I want to play this clip from Tucker Carlson to kind of give you the warm and fuzzy of what our government is really about. NSA broke into my Signal account, which I didn't know they could do. How do, how do you know the NSA broke into your Signal? Because well, they admitted it. I got a call from somebody in Washington. This person said, you know, are you going to come to Washington anytime soon? Yeah, actually, I'm going to be up in a week meet me Sunday morning. So I go and this person's like, are you planning a trip to go see Putin? And I was like, how would you know that? I haven't told anybody. I mean, anybody, not my brother, not my wife, nobody. How would you know that? Because NSA pulled your text with this other person you were texting. How did you know that? NSA broke into my signal account. There you go. That's who we're dealing with. So Tucker's latest trip to, to Russia, which was almost as under wraps as tight as anything. NSA was able to and willing to, willing to, more than able to, willing to, just because you can doesn't mean you should, broke into their Signal account. 
I was going to make a general statement. I made this statement several times in the last few weeks, and you'll probably hear me do it more. But I think it's a very important statement for those that are listening, and I'm encouraging you to pass this statement on and anybody you know. We're at a very critical hour in this country. We're, we're passing a crucible of a point where there is a point of no return on a lo- number of levels. And one of those levels is how we view one another in terms of a loyal patriot or a traitor. This woke culture does not live in a world of consequence. It doesn't understand consequence. And unfortunately, that woke culture is expanded beyond a core age group. It goes into a, it's a mind virus that people believe they are above the law or believe they are not going to have consequences from the law because simply they're obeying orders. There is only one law of the land. It is the Constitution. And the Constitution of the United States is explicitly clear that Part of the federal government's role is to protect our southern borders. It is also explicitly clear that we are given the right of freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. We have the right to freedom of travel. We have a whole variety of rights. The government now is in a place where it truly believes, and those working there, a large percentage of the government and people working in the government, even downrange, believe that they their obligation to the Constitution is lesser than the rules in which they are given. Now, some of them believe it, some of them accept it. It's the same thing in the end. If you are on the border and you are allowing people across this border, you are complicit in child sex trafficking. You are complicit in a crime against humanity. You are complicit in violation of your oath to the Constitution, which means you are are liable under the acts of treason. And you will be persecuted. And prosecuted. I like using both of those because persecuted means we will find you. And prosecuted means we will bring you to justice. This will happen. This is not a question because there's too many Americans that are waking up. And there's too many Americans that are not going to put up with this. And I will guarantee you as long as I can breathe, this is going to be part of my voice. And that's just the way it has to be. We are now in an era where the people that have turned their back on this nation will be held accountable for trying to destroy this nation. And that accountability takes many forms. And it is unacceptable that if you are sitting here in the federal government as an employee of the United States people, that you are turning your back on the Constitution. I don't care if you're a cubicle warrior. I don't care if you're a lobbyist. Wrath is coming. Whatever they have managed to do to to really corral these people to be onto their evil plan to destroy the world and enslave humanity, I don't know. But what it's obviously happening is these things have people so afraid of what the consequence is if they don't comply. They obviously don't know God. That's pretty simple. The enemy has nothing on God. What the enemy has done is it's convinced these people that for a variety of reasons, maybe it's reputation, maybe it's vanity, maybe it's feeding of the ego to satisfy desires of power and wealth. I don't know. But in the end of the day, God is greater than all things. And no matter how you dice this, in this life or after this life, you are facing judgment. End of story. That is not even a question. For those that conveniently believe that they come from some primordial soup, they conveniently crawled out of a, a sewer pond 
with four legs. It turned into two legs. It dropped their tail and started to walk. Think again. All of that history is a lie anyway. And all of this is a framing towards getting these people in a way where they can start feeling like they themselves are not accountable to the greater part of the world. Remember, this whole cult has convinced humanity that humanity is at fault for everything. So there's many people that are really literally living in the matrix and believing somehow that they're, they're not responsible or accountable to the greater issues of our world. Now I'm going to read you something. It's a little bit long, but I think that this piece, as long as I can find it, is significant on many levels because it... <laughs> I say that and I'm not finding it. All right. Well, if I find this piece as I scroll through, which I thought I had up and I did not, um, we're we're really dealing in a, in a tremendously difficult time for humanity to understand what really is what's going on here, and for us as the people of the United States to start really being real about the consequences of what is before us. We are in a time of accountability at a level that we is different than anything we've ever experienced. And unfortunately people are not, have not considered the consequences of their actions, sadly. And because of this, they think that they can get by and, and slide by without having any future consequences for the actions of now. As I've said many times, the whole principal effort of the point of the age of accountability or the, the let the, the the letter, that's just the Declaration of Military Accountability, excuse me, is that we are, this is about an age of accountability. This is about bringing Americans to account, and that means our leadership to account for literally what has been done. And unfortunately, nobody is really willing to do just that yet. They just aren't there. They aren't willing to step in. This is not a new issue at all. And it's been here a while. We have been been warned. Take a listen to this piece here. This is a really interesting perspective. It comes back from the 90s of warning us what the Anti-Defamation League was doing to stir up hate between America. Many of you may remember in February 1979, there was a big uproar because someone by the name of James Gutman applied for a permit to lead a march of Nazis through downtown Philadelphia. Now, eventually, some enterprising reporters did an investigation. You know what they turned up? James Gutman was none other than Mordecai Levy, who worked with the Anti-Defamation League and later split off that to form the terrorist Jewish Defense League. This was an operation that was run by the ADL. They wanted to have a Nazi march in Philadelphia. Why? Because how can they raise money? to justify their existence if American Jews don't think there's a lot of anti-Semitism. So what better thing to do than to slap swastikas on a couple of people, leave them on a march through town, and then the next day the ADL comes marching in and says, look, there are Nazis on the streets, you need to give us money so we can protect you. And then on top of that, have a tax-exempt status. This was not a one-time operation. This is the world we live in. 
where the groups that have been designed and been seemingly independent, working for the betterment of America, have all the time been literally hiding right in our, our plain sight and pitting people against each other. And this happens because of the culture of what we call NPCs, if you're familiar with that meme, which is non-player characters. Take a listen to this. This is a neat description of America through the lens of NPCs. What is an NPC? Uh, you don't know this meme? Is that a Scientology thing? No, non-player character. Non-player character? What, you don't know about this? Do I get to tell you the NPC meme? <laughs> yes. This is the most important Please meme of our lifetime. Do. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Breaking it down as quickly okay. as possible. <laughs> I'm going to show my age. Okay. When, you, when we were younger, we played games like Final Fantasy and Ultima, right? Mm-hmm. And in those games, you go to like the armor store or the weapon store, and you buy your sword or you buy your armor. Right. There's a guy running that store within the game. Yes. He does not exist outside of that store. Right. That character, all he does is buy armor and sell armor. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a kid. You go there at midnight, he's there. You go there at 8 a.m., he's there. Right. He's, the player characters you're playing, he's the non-player character. And the point this meme makes is the vast majority of humans are non-player characters. They have no pr- mind outside their programming. So they call it MSNPC, or they'll call it NPC as the network. And you'll go, like the or- press corps, they'll be like, Orange Man Bad, Impeach 45, Russia. And that's all they know how to say. And you see this on Twitter, where it's one thing where people say cliched ideas, but they'll say cliched ideas in a cliched way. Yeah. And it's like, you have no mind. You're just repeating what has been programmed to you in your script. And as soon as you mention certain terms, there's just a knee-jerk speech that they give. And once you identify it, it's like the Matrix. Like, you see Agent Smith everywhere. Dead on. And unfortunately, this has expanded to such a level. Federal government is probably the center point of all of this. And to speak to that, I think it's really important that people understand that this idea of the non-player character, the NPC, if you're working on the border, I'm hitting this hard today because you're allowing these illegals to come in. If you're in law enforcement and you're enforcing laws, rules, not constitutional laws, if you're in these places where you literally are believing that you're just obeying, you are an NPC, you're a non-player character. And that's important to appreciate from this change, sense of change of America. If you're sitting on the sidelines right now, and you're not engaged in actively trying to wake people up, more worried about your life of normality than worrying about getting into the fight right now, you're an NPC. It's huge. Pete Chambers, I'm going to tell a personal story of his. And it's big because I want you to get the understanding of, I think this helps frame the understanding of where we are. It's very easy for me to step in and say we're at war. And I say that because I've been at war uh, probably since 2006, and I never saw myself leaving the combat zone. I just saw the battlefields change. For most Americans, that's a very difficult idea that we are in a place of war in our nation. I get it, but unfortunately, we got to shift. Doc P. Chambers was there all weekend making sure that the security and all the things that were in place were going to ensure a peace and safe experience on the border. That was on his shoulders. It was the mantle he carried, and he did it beyond measure. There was a wedding in his family. That wedding was occurring last weekend. It was his sister's niece. She calls, she considers Pete her dad. Pete had to call on Saturday morning to say, I've got to cancel the flight. Mission first. Now, 
That's the level of we're dealing with now. The battle's here. This is where the people on the front line are going to start understanding that you have to put family second to save a nation. And that's not going to be easy for most people because they're not there. They don't want to be there. Life is still too easy. Bills are still coming in. There's still opportunities to make money. We're still doing this. They're missing the giant that's walking in and about ready to cut everybody's throat. This storm that's rolling in is massive. It's everywhere. And if people are not turning and saying, this is the moment and this is the hour, then enjoy the last moments of freedom because that's literally where we are. And so and for Pete's benefit, the response was, as hard as it is not having you here, and this has been planned for months, you have always kept us safe because the family knew the importance of what he did. Unfortunately, most America doesn't even comprehend that idea. I can wait another day. Who's big deal? I'll pick it up on Monday. No big deal. It isn't about picking it up on Monday. It's the only time is now. And that time now is when we talk about what can be done. And I hear this frequently enough these days. What do I do? Which always I roll my eyes. And I'm sorry if I seem, you know, offended by that. But I am after all this time. If somebody's asking me what I can do, I'm like, what have you been doing for the last five years? Engagement is the principal issue of success in this fight. Engagement is a principal, it's a principal pillar of, of success in this fight. That means engaging your neighbor. That means getting to know your community. It means building out those networks locally. And it all builds off of that seven pillars of county by county. We have got to get ourselves anchored and solid within our neighborhoods, in our local communities, and our local counties. Those ranges there, that is where our, our, op, our area of operation is, our AO. And that area of operation, more than ever now, is the center point of taking this country back. We are not going to defeat a federal government that has gone rogue. We apparently can't influence border agents to do the right thing because they're more concerned about losing their pensions, getting a a bad review, perhaps not, not having a job or getting demotion and pay. They're worried about those things. They're not seeing themselves as servants of the nation. And they're not understanding the consequences of having sworn an oath to protect and defend and what that will mean because they literally aren't looking past their nose to understand that when this pendulum swings back, and it will eventually, they will be held accountable. The invasion force is massive that's coming in this nation. And unfortunately, on top of it, this nation has been deeply, deeply wounded by this vax. And wounded is, a, is both emotional and physical. They have, been, they have been broken to a point where literally our country is at this, to this point is to a large degree dysfunctional. It means that we go back to the Gideon model. And those people that are walking out here as NPCs, there's people that will ultimately defend the matrix before they push against the matrix. Those people that are your friends become your enemy because they're going to defend the way of life they have rather than wanting to walk into something greater. Those people, those people are the ones now that as we are moving forward, we have to understand that we have to wake them up. We have to get them to respond and realize what is at stake and what's going on. This is an older piece from Julian Assange. I want to play it. It's relevant. There is no society anymore. 
what there is is a transnational security elite that is busy carving up the world using your tax money. To combat that elite, we must not petition. We must take it over. We must form our own networks of strength and mutual value, which can challenge those strengths and self-interested values of the warmongers in this country and in others that have formed hand in hand an alliance to take money from the United States, from every NATO country, from Australia, and launder it through Afghanistan, launder it through Iraq, launder it through Somalia, launder it through Yemen, launder it through Pakistan, and wash that money in people's blood. Dead on. And they've just added to that since Afghanistan is now no longer. All they have done is they have added to that to ensure that the part of the way they now launder it is to launder it with the blood of the vax. This is a blood cult we're dealing with. It's deadly. It's a blood cult that is quite literally out to destroy this world and to enslave what's left. And that puts the burden on every single person to continue to fight and to engage. I sat last night and I was scrolling through Telegram and all the different accounts that I'm, I follow. And I had to take a breath and, and, and just admire the people that have stayed in this. There's a lot of accounts that are inactive and yet there's a lot of accounts that have remained active. And I'm using Telegram, not X as a profile because I think X is, it's not where the real fight is, even though people will tell you that. The real fight is out here. The real fight is engagement in one another. Nonetheless, there's accounts that have 800. There's accounts that have 5,000. There's accounts that have 20,000. And if you know Telegram, it's a very hard place to build followers. And yet these people dedicate themselves every day to a small following. And they every single day, they do a news analysis and they drop information and it's there. This is part of that engagement fight that has to expand because we have to go off from the digital space now and we have to take it into the, into the world and into the flesh. And when we start doing that, start really realizing the importance of that fight, we are going to get to a place where we literally start to take this nation back. But so many people are asleep. I live in a state where so many people are asleep. We have a Supreme Court that just ruled that 10 of our Republicans who followed the Constitution are now constitutionally unable to be on the ballot. This is an insurgency again in our, in our state. All of this is happening and people are literally doing little to nothing. We have a representative in my county that wears a pin on his right lapel. They have a flag of Oregon and China because he's a sellout. And this pin that he sold was wears is representative of his son who, who did a, who literally took a deal with the Chinese to get windmills off our coast, setting up a corporation so that the, so that the representative would get a windfall and so that we, the people in Oregon, get screwed once again. Okay, here's the piece I've been looking for, and I'm glad I found it. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to 
from that kind of wrap this idea up and we're going to go to s- some prayers, which include prayers of healing today of some things that I, we got late yesterday and didn't include, get, didn't get included in yesterday morning's prayer. So I want to, I want you to hear this. This is a very good perspective. It says the matrix is a system. And this is a quote. I'm sorry. This begins with a quote from the matrix. It says the matrix is a system, Neil. The system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around. What do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people are trying to, you're trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged, and many of them are injured, inert, and so helplessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. I have seen how badly they will fight to protect it. I have suffered, like many of you. How loved ones are willing to break all ties with you, defending the same system that enslaves them. Like Neo said, people are not ready to be unplugged. But the question is, are we? Taking the red pill doesn't automatically unplug you. It just allows you to see the greater clarity. But it's a process that takes time. Time to assimilate, time to digest, and time to shed. Shed beliefs, shed habits, shed thoughts, shed people, and ultimately shed the person you used to be. It begins questioning some things and it ends questioning absolutely everything. You will believe nothing, everything, you will believe nothing and everything at the same time. And more, and the more you know, the more you will realize you know nothing. You will begin to slowly detach yourself from it all like an actor that no longer wishes to play its role in a production. You will want to walk away from it, to disconnect, to unplug. The Matrix is a circus, an illusionary, extraordinary, all-encompassing circus that has bewitched us from the birth. The red pill makes you see it as the circus that it is, so you are suddenly left on your own, shocked, bewildered, somewhat lost, isolated, and having to create your new reality, your new real reality by yourself. A reality based on truth. But what is truth? What is there left when everything you thought was true is not? When deception is all you've known? When you start asking yourself these questions, it's when you are ready to unplug. It's when you find yourself building your reality from scratch by holding on to the only things you know in your soul to be true. And what are those? Everything that is not the matrix. It's the soil under your feet, the tree that gives gives you shade, the sun that warms your skin, the child that holds your hand, the dog that licks your face, the scent of the flowers in the yard, the birds that greet you in the morning, the song you wrote with with your guitar, your mom's smile, the waves that come and go, your baby's laughter, a shared meal, a friend's hug, a slow dance, a summer's breeze, you and me. If you are looking for truth, step out of the matrix, ignore the show, the lights, the whistles, the constant interference, the maddening noise, the fear, the insanity, the back and forth, the up and down, the they and us, the black and white, the game, the trap, the nonsense, the lies, the illusion, and instead embrace what we were given what we've always had, what we will always be, what we all share, the frequency of God's creation, love. Love thy neighbor. Is the bottom line to that entire post, and it's an outstanding post.
We live in a staged production. Everything around us is designed and engineered to keep us entrapped into a way of thinking and an enslavement of our own minds. So as we close this, let's go back to where we began, which was the border. That pendulum ping pong match that's happening before our very eyes. The absolute clown show that's happening where congressmen intentionally pit themselves against each other so they can give you public debate on something they have no intention of changing. While our borders remain open, while our border patrol refuses to do its job because they're more afraid of the, the, wrong, the wrong things rather than the obedience to God and the Constitution, while our law enforcement doesn't want to do the right thing, and while the people, the NPCs, roam the terrain. The word that was given on Saturday night is the one now that I want to bring into here because it's where ultimately all of this was, is victorious. And it's through prayer and it's through loving thy brother. The word that was given on Saturday night is that God is bringing everyone here. This is an extension of the book of Habakkuk. But instead of it being everyone coming here to destroy our lives, we have the opportunity of bringing everybody here to return them to Jesus. The ultimate question in all of this is whom do we serve? Do we serve the evil masters in D.C. that define our parameters, known as the United States of America, by the borders which they are themselves complicit in creating? Or do we serve our Lord and Savior? Do we serve God in all things and be obedient to love thy neighbor and let God unravel the bigger mess that we can't control? I choose God. So part of that is our biggest mission and biggest impact is to engage everyone, including these illegals, with the love of Christ and to bring them to, the, to Christ and deliver them. And in so doing, we create an army that isn't going to stay here. And that's the part to understand large percentage of these illegals will go home. They will leave. They will go back to where they came from, especially as they learn what is going on here, the fact that they've been played, what the values of this nation are, what the rules are. And they see, they learn how they can themselves transform their own countries to be as great as the United States should be. They will leave. And that's the point, is that becomes the mission work that God needs us to do. Beginning this year, I said that one of the words given is we had to focus on local mission, missions in our local communities. That was a big one. And so we go back to that. What does that look like? The mission work is the engagement on a day-to-day -day basis every one of us has to be doing within our communities, whether it's the roofer next door that happens to be an undocumented worker or whether it's your neighbor next door that's a diehard blue Biden Democrat. These people, or even if it's your neighbor that's a hardcore red gun-toting, four-wheel drive-driving mutter dude. Fact of the matter is, we have got to engage on common ground. And the only common ground we have is not political, it's spiritual. It's our faith. And as we work those principles in the many ways that we can share our faith, we start to break down the matrix because it is the one thing that the matrix can't stand is the love in God. That's why it tries to snuff it out. So that's the place to be. It's the authorities which we carry. It's the mightiness of our, of our time which we have. And it's the one thing that no matter what the matrix does, no matter how hard the matrix tries to destroy us, the matrix can't. Because the one thing it can't withstand at all is the power and the glory of God. So I'm going to go to... 
So as we close now, let's go into prayer, and we're going to start with some prayers that were overlooked. Um, not overlooked, they just came in late, and these are prayers for healing from yesterday morning. So we want to give these now. So Father God, I just want to come to you today just to thank you for this time. And just ask you, we'll continue to see the greater mission in our world. That our greater mission ultimately centers itself on spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the local mission. That's the daily mission that we have. And so, fathers, we begin today's prayers. There's a number of people that have been asked for prayers of healing and restoration. And so we begin with this prayer. It says, This is Don. I need prayers of healing for Steve. We've been to orthopedic doctor twice for knee pain and infection, bursa. Due to another, it's apparently a burst bursa. Due to another follow-up Tuesday, been, been avoiding ER, don't trust hospitals, but it seems like it's taking too long to heal. Steve has been off since Thursday, but his job is physical. He's a mechanic. I'm worried more about infection. Skin is warm, but redness has, has lessened and swelling has lessened, but it's back and forth. So a little warm, but normal color. He's got antibiotics and anti-inflammatories since Thursday. I was giving them some type of, but some type of different that I had to use for a, a few days before we went. But pain has gotten so bad, I took it took him in and was lucky to see um, with no appointment. Steve needs prayers for quick and complete healing to rid his body of any infections and the relief of pain and swelling. There's been some imp improvement since Thursday, but I have never seen him in such pain it has been as as bad as as he broke out in a cold sweat he had been burned when he was a child and said it was worse i keep ice on it and cool cloths on him drugs finally kicked in and he slept i think it was uh, from pure exhaustion i was really afraid but we don't want to go to er he can't even put weight on his knee like a cellulitis burst, uh, bursitis. By morning, much improved, and it's now Sunday, still better, but knee is still warm and worrying about infection mostly. Steve, Steve's worried about getting back to work. We need quick and complete healing. In Jesus' name, thank you. They gave him an antibiotic that he's been on since Thursday night. Seems like it might be strong enough. There is some improvement, but I thought it would be better. Uh, we also have an anti-inflammatory drug, drug Stephen Don. Well, first word on this is you got to step away from fear. And there's a lot of this in this prayer. I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. Both of you have to step back from that. This is a moment right now when literally put your faith in God. And so, Father God, we just pray into healing for Stephen Don and healing into Steve's knee and Father, we just pray miracle healing upon Steve's knee. We declare healing among the name of Jesus. We wrap a hedge of protection around Steve, and we pray restoration into his heart, life into his heart, and we just say, come out of agreement, and you both need to say this, Steve and Don, I come out of agreement with fear, and Jesus, I walk with you in this healing. So, Father, as we pray this in in this moment, we just put our hands around Steve and around Don, and not only do we expel the fear, but we're praying now healing into that knee, whatever is there, whatever infection, whatever problem, we're, just, are, we're now declaring absolute and total healing of this knee, restoration back to the perfection of the knee as it was designed. 
We ask for the blood of Christ to touch him, and we say these things and declare these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Here's another prayer. I'm asking for prayers for my entire family because a lot is happening in my life. God is an important part of my life, and without him, I would be overwhelmed. I seek him a lot to help me balance my family needs and my health. Some background to help with prayer request. My sister recently, about four months ago, found out she has stage four cancer and wants her kids and wants to see her kids graduate. Her husband is disabled and she is the primary caregiver. My sister has two 18-year-old sons. My dad has many medical conditions and he is losing his eyesight. He gets monthly shots in his eye to slow down the loss of sight. My mother has heart issues and if she does not does too much to help my sister, she gets muscle spasms in her back. My mother does not like driving, especially city driving, so I am the primary driver who is taking my sister to her appointment that is typically one and a half to two and a half hours drive away. My prayer requests are for miraculous healing from God for my sister to be healed from cancer that is in her legs, lungs, kidney, and any other location. My father, who is losing his eyesight and his other medical conditions. My mother, who has heart and back issues. My brother-in-law, who is disabled and is a result of several strokes. Myself, who also has medical conditions. To answer Scott's question, my family also needs prayers for the jab. I am the only one who did not get the jab. Okay. God is taking me on an amazing journey which started three years ago and continues today. He showed me that there were, was a lot more to, to him than I was taught in church. I always believed. God led me to Bard's nation, whose journey aligned me with the journey God has le leading me on. It was so great to see so many people and we loved God in, in many similar journey. I know God has plans for me and will share them in this timing. Yes, this wait is hard. Praise God for answering all the prayers and being such a loving God who sacrificed his only son for us, Cindy. Cindy. Father God, I'm just going to pray a hedge of protection around this family. And in this moment, Jesus, we're just going to pray that you have a presence be made before each and every person in this family. All of those in this family that took the jab have made a, a very dark and unfortunate choice in their life. And this is a place, Jesus, where we just need the, your presence there to step in to literally place your hand upon each one, to give them an experience of your love and your forgiveness in your heart before each and every one. They all need to come to Jesus in a deeper and bold, bold way. Father, we also just pray, Jesus, that you can step in and place your hands upon Cindy because this is a heavy burden to bear. This is one of these places where we're reminded that the burdens themselves are part of the walk of us to grow door deeply within him. Not an easy walk to make, especially as you watch your family slowly degrade. So, Father, we're also praying a miracle healing within this whole family. We pray for each and every one. We're praying for the sister, and we'll begin with the sister as we pray into the sister, and we pray complete miracle and total healing from the sister from head to toe and toe to head. To rid themselves of this cancer, to rid themselves of the impurities given by the vax, to literally cleanse her whole body truly with Holy Spirit, and to know truly the origins of what that healing is, to see and witness the power and glory of God before her. We pray for the Father who's losing his sight, and just pray that his sight will be regained, and that it will be the eyes of you, Father, 
to give him the sight that you see and the other medical conditions he has to literally pray out any of the infections that are within them and to lift them up in the name of Jesus. For the mother, we pray into her heart and we pray life. We pray restoration. and We pray restoration of the back and all of these medical issues again to cleanse the body truly with Holy Spirit. For the brother who's disabled, several strokes, we pray life into him. And we pray life into his heart and life of restoration within this whole family. And for Cindy, for whatever medical conditions she has, we pray restoration and life into her heart. Father, this is a heavy burden for one to carry, so we just pray as well that the burden can be lifted off of Cindy to know that she is not walking alone. And so we pray for a dispatch of healing angels to come to this family. And we pray life into each and every member, family member's heart. We pray restoration and we lift them up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing and total healing for all. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. If there remains space, please request that Brother Scott evoke prayers for the healing of Mac, an eight-year-old boy who fell about 30 feet from a chairlift during ski practice yesterday morning. Although I was not not on duty, I heard the urgent call on my radio, jumped on, on my quad, grabbed an O2 packet, and rushed to the incident location. Three other responders and I had to ass assess. Fortunate Mac was alert and conscious. However, landed on a steep hill and rolled down. We needed to splint both legs, pelvic girdle, neck brace, and backboard this little guy just to slide him down to the clinic where the ambulance was expected. Several times as I was keeping him distracted as we packaged him, he was he asked me if, there, if this was a dream, and I told him it isn't. When he was almost on his way, I looked in his eyes and quietly said, look at me. God loves you, you, and no, I don't think you'll have to wear a wheelchair forever. As, as you ask, I am so thankful that he could feel his toes and fingers and was not concussed. Prayers especially for Rob, one of my comrades who was especially broken up as he witnessed the fall from the following, from the following chair and had to make an urgent call regarding the boy's boy he's also been coaching for the season. Please pray for Mac, miraculously rapid healing. He may always know Jesus is with him. Godspeed. John Emerson, a.k.a. Jack Tard. Father God, who's going to pray into Mac, this eight-year-old child, and we lift him up before, the, before you, and we literally bring him before the throne. And Jesus, we just ask that you can make a presence known where he is today, to fill him fully with the love that you can bring, to fill his heart full of the love, and to have him witness who you are truly as our Lord and Savior, to let him know you as he must know you now in greater ways. Father, we pray around this child of all the things that have happened to him. We pray, pray for miraculous healing. We break off any spell cast that have put around him that suggests that somehow that he may not be as perfect as he will become. We raise his body up and we surround it with the power of Holy Spirit. We ask that you can dispatch healing angels to him to nurse him and to be by his bed. And Father, we pray life into his heart, life and restoration into his heart in the fullness of all that means to restore him to the perfection that he was intended to be. And so, Father, as we wrap our arms and hands around him and we pray unto him, Jesus, we ask that you'll stand with him and hold him. And in so doing, we declare healing, miraculous healing, in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. I would like to ask for prayers for protection for Las Vegas, Nevada. There are a lot of doom and gloom prophecies going in the regard to the Super Bowl coming Friday the 11th. And this is, this is to the normal demonic strongholds that seem uh, to shadow the event yearly. And there is a need for prayer and godly intercession. Many B-dads live in Las Vegas, along with most of my family and friends. Therefore, please pray for the physical and spiritual safety of the locals and tourists during this event. Thank you and God bless. A.K.A. This is Murphit. Man, this is like Sin City. Like, let's pray for the devil's stronghold. Man, if you're a B-dad living in Las Vegas, you better be doing prayer walks every day. Like, around that whole city to cast out those demons. This is a rid of hell over there. And this Super Bowl is the number one child sex trafficking site. Father God, it's going to pray a hedge of protection around those that walk in Christ in Las Vegas. And we ask that whatever is coming with this Super Bowl, that there will be a great shaking to reveal the whole sense and face of the true demonic. And that while those that walk with Jesus will be held safe, let the city be revealed for the darkness of which it is so that the world could witness and be awakened. Make this be an awakening event. Father, we pray for the protection of the children that are always trafficked during the Super Bowl. And we pray that these children will be held safe, that you'll keep them safe, and that there won't be any more rituals. We rebuke the rituals and cast them out and cast them to the, to the lake of fire. These Super Bowls are truly designed to sacrifice and give them power into the year. And they're the biggest event every year for child sex trafficking. We pray that any sort of ritual events that happen at halftime will fail. That the show itself will be literally, as they say, a dead cat bounce. It will literally not have any effect. And so we bind it to the limits of the stadium. Any threats coming to the city, we rebuke and we pray a massive hedge of protection around that city, praying in with the blood of Christ. And we just pray that this event will be such that people will be able to see the true face of evil that runs behind the Super Bowl, the true face of evil that people end up worshiping as false idols, to let them be stunned and amazed and just and distraught, turning to their true source of power, the true source of who they should be worshiping, which is Jesus. And may there be war angels that take root across that city to protect those of the innocent that the evil would like to take and consume. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. This is from Punky. It's been a rough few weeks. My dad got a PET scan and they found spots on other places of his body. He said he doesn't want us to go visit him until he's better, but I'm not sure how much time he has left. I was a birth I was at a birthday party today and I was talking to my aunt and my brother and we're just trying to figure out what to do. I know this is just another attack by the enemy. He can't get me. He tried taking me out. So now he's coming after my family. My dad has been my rock my whole life. I don't know what I'd do without him, so I'm just struggling with this. I've I've given it up to God because I can't carry this burden. I'm just tired of fighting this war. I'm exhausted. It's just one thing after the other, and I don't want to burden others with my stuff. We all get so much. We all got so much going on. The attackers are never ending. The attacks are never ending. Punky, I'm going to end up calling you today. But it's this. This fight is what. This is part of the fight, unfortunately, and the war is tiring. But that's why we have God to lift off these burdens. And as it gets close to us, we have to step back 
and look at where God has us and what our main role is. So, Father, we're praying in an agreement with Punky to lift off to help heal her father. And we pray for the lifting of the burdens off of Punky's heart to lift her up and to raise her and to place her before the feet of Jesus just to have her restored and refreshed. She's carrying a lot as a mother, as, as, a, as a wife, and as a daughter with all the things going on in her family. She ends up being that rock that everybody leans upon. So, Father, we just ask that you can be there and Jesus to be there to lift off these burdens off of her first and foremost, to give her a space to breathe, to give her a refreshing energy and a new eyes to see on this problem. This is a heavy time. Father, we pray into the healing of her father. We encircle him with a hedge of protection and we pray life into his heart. We pray restoration into his heart and we lift him up before the throne and say, Father, we declare healing upon this man, head to toe and toe to head. And miraculous healing that will be so clear and so profound that there'll be no doubt where this healing came from. For this is the healing of Jesus himself. And so, Father, we look for this miracle and this call right now, more than ever, to restore him and to bring him back into the full fold of the family. For Funky, you have to, you cannot spell cast this. There isn't a point of questioning whether there's going to be a short life. Stop, speak life only into your father's heart. Do not put the spell cast on termination, how long he's going to be. That's, that's the medical industry getting into your head, and that's the devil working through it. So, Father, we break any spell casts off of the father, and we lift him up and, and declare him healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, patriots, one final prayer here for us all. So, Father, we just pray for a, and pray for all that are now here today to place a hedge of protection around everybody, to pray into the heart of the warrior Christ and to walk in that place of the most important mission we have, to engage our and, and love thy brother, to engage our neighbors and love thy brother. In this hour, there can be some, nothing more important than to literally let go of the obsessive nonsense of politics and noise and turn our eyes into those that we live around and those that we walk with each and every day, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to raise the dead, the principal issues. And in so doing, Father, we equally pray for the blessings and anointings of the apostolic and the prophetic, to, for each of us to have within us the fivefold ministry to walk and to be in. So we raise people up, we bless them, we pray for them, and as a nation we pray that we can start reaching more to leave the matrix and to come to you, to lift their eyes up to heaven and not their eyes to the feet. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. All right, patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. This is a big time, time to stay focused, time to be vigilant on the local mission. The local mission is the most important mission we have. And that's the mission of bringing people to Jesus. I don't think there's ever been in a more important time to find it a sincere and honest way to bring people to Christ. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Pards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, 
opposed any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light 
that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.